Welcome to the Global Business Women's Pod, brought to you by the Greater Houston Women's Chamber of Commerce. I am Susan Dyson and proud to be the CEO, President, and Founder of the Chamber. Please join us for this empowering podcast every Thursday at 6 p.m. As we continue to strive for progress and innovation, we recognize the pivotal role that the Houston mayor plays in shaping policies that impact businesses, families, and our overall community. It is our hope that today's discussion inspires informed decisions at the ballot box and fosters a culture of continuous progress where the legacy of our next mayor lies not only just in words, but in actions that follow. And we always like to begin our events with an inspirational quote. And we feel this one is especially relevant today. It isn't what we say or think that defines us, but what we do. These words encapsulate the essence of leadership. I have the pleasure of leading the chamber with Susan and the board this year. Please indulge me as I'm going to take this opportunity to brag a little bit about the GHWCC. In 2008, the chamber was built on a dream during one of the worst recessions our nation had experienced. But that didn't stop Houston's women. Fast forward to today, we represent over 1,300 member businesses from Fortune 500 corporations to small women-led businesses all over the city. We received a grant from the U.S. Small Business Administration to host the GHWCC SBA, Small Business Association, Women's Business Center, to support women entrepreneurs. We reached our annual goals in the first month. We host five regional chapters. We have helped found two international sister organizations in London and Mexico City. We have over 13 working committees that help advance and support women and girls from third grade to retirement. And for those of you who are members, we invite you to engage on a committee, co-chair an event, mentor a girl, or sponsor a woman. If you are not a member of this powerful organization, we hope today will inspire you to join. We would love to have you come and join our leadership. Their presence is a testament to their commitment to our business community, understanding the needs of entrepreneurs and professionals, and fostering an environment of growth and prosperity. This is the reason you're here to today, so we don't want to waste any more time because I know you want to hear from each and every one of these candidates. My name is Chow Wood. I'm uh, delighted to be your moderator today. But let's get this show on the road. Uh, just a couple of ground rules for the candidates today. You will each get two minutes each for your opening remarks and your closing remarks. Uh, I will give you one minute to respond. And if you look right there, that's the countdown clock. If you see me do this, wind it up. If I do this, please stop. Let's be respectful of each other. Let's not have a, a debate like we saw on television the other day. Uh, hopefully, we can have a civil conversation. I think we will. Uh, and we are eager to hear from you. Just a quick show of hands. You don't have to tell us. Are any of the people in this audience today undecided in their vote? Just undecided. There you have it, candidates. You have an opportunity to share your position and your message and sway these undecided votes. So let's begin. We have drawn the order for the presentation of the introduction. We're going to start with Senator John Whitmire, followed by Congresswoman Sheila Jackson-Lee, Lee Kaplan, Councilmember Robert Gallegos, Gil Garcia, and finally, Councilmember M.J. Khan. So 
Council or Senator Whitmer, if you can kindly Thank you, begin. Thank you, Chad. It's nice to see you. And thanks, everyone, for being here. And if there was anyone that was not introduced that would like to be introduced, I'll yield you a little of my time. Because <laughs> I know how it feels not to be introduced. Listen, thanks to the Women's Chamber, I've been a strong supporter and follower. I can remember when we meet in a small room. Susan Deason, you and the team that you've put in place are doing a great job of mentoring our women uh, for the future of the city of Houston. My daughter's a board member, former employee Elizabeth Brock is the chair. So this is where it's happening, folks. This is the future and the vision of Houston right here. We have a great city, great people, but there are certain expectations from city government that are not being met. I went to Walter High School, worked my way through U of H like so many of you. And as I cross the city, I see our infrastructure, my garbage is not picked up to two days late. We had to boil water twice this spring. We had single moms having to send, allowing their kids to be supervised by 11-year-olds supervising a six-year-old. That's not what great cities do. Our permitting process. I talked to business folks this morning and said they're going to start doing business outside of Houston because they simply can't get a permit. I could go on and on and give you a list of things that you and I have a right to expect, that we have received most of our life from city government. But ladies and gentlemen, if we do not get crime under control in this city, probably nothing else we talk about today matters. I am the chairman of criminal justice in the state senate. I know we can do better. It's not only a safety issue, but it's an economic issue. The Galleria property values are going down because of the image that the Galleria is currently experiencing. We must do better. I'm ready to go to work if you'll give me that opportunity. Thank you, Senator Whitmire. Now we'll hear from Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. I'm so very proud of the Women's Chamber. I'm so very proud to have an organization that is involving with advancing and empowering women. That has been my life. I was in the first class of women at Yale, and I haven't looked back yet. When I see mayors like Anise Parker and Kathy Whitmire, I'm inspired because I know what we can do together. Over the last three years, only 30% of the contracts in the city dealing with contracting went to women. There is a commission on women. I will ensure, as I did in the United States Congress, that we will have a vigorous MWBE program, but in particular on procurement. Women should be developers, contractors, architects, lawyers, uh, they should be in renewable energy. And I see the way forward as a futuristic mayor to be able to address those questions. You need to be empowered. Yes, public safety. As the chair and ranking member for almost 30 years of the crime subcommittee, I've worked with federal and local law enforcement and brought dollars here to be able to address it. But education is important. And an organization like the chamber can be amplified to help in education. A mayor doesn't control education, but we can pour into our schools and make them the very best. Education, climate change or renewables, permitting. We want developers, small and large, to be building in Houston, and they will do it under my watch. How will I do it? Gather everyone together in a room, use data and analysis, empower the workers, and begin to expedite those permits and build, build, build. What about those empty buildings downtown? What about the concept of making them affordable housing at the top for young renters and as well entrepreneurial businesses, incubators at the bottom? Wouldn't that be an exciting move into the future? 
public transportation is on my clock as well. So I look forward to taking you into the future. I'm Sheila Jackson Lee, and I want to be your mayor. Thank you. Next, we'll hear from Lee Kaplan. I'm Lee Kaplan. This is a great city. It really is, but it could be better. I've lived here forever. I know that this is an executive, not a legislative position. What it requires is somebody who can listen and lead. And what I've done in the various places I've worked, first at a big firm where I made partner, and then a small firm that started with three lawyers and a secretary, and now is 28 lawyers, 50 people, including multiple female partners, is try very hard to be competent, to be accountable, and to act with integrity. All of those are critically important. I'm not a member of the political class. I look at things from a different perspective. How do we make the city run better? What I've learned in my practice is you have to concentrate on the most important things, and they are crime, picking up the trash, issuing permits timely, because the longer it takes to get a permit, the less likely it is that we'll build any kind of housing, let alone affordable housing. And finally, drainage and congestion, i.e. infrastructure. If we do those things, if we address them, people will feel better about living here, and we will attract more people and more taxpayers, as opposed to tax incentives to corporations for unverifiable promises of more jobs and more employees. We need to be the kind of city that people enjoy living here. And then the word gets out. One thing I learned as a child, because my dad impressed it on me, even when I put together a model airplane, is if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Don't leave an extra spot of glue on the pilot's head. Don't do a sloppy job of uh, cleaning the garage. Do everything right. And that's what I believe is most important. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Thanks. Next we have Congress, uh, excuse me, City Council Member Robert Gallegos. Thank you. First of all, thank you to the Greater Houston Women's Chamber of Commerce for hosting this event today. I'm Council Member Robert Gallegos, and uh, the reason why I am running for mayor uh, my parents arrived as immigrants back in the 1920s as young teenagers with their families escaping the Mexican Revolution. Uh, they met and settled in the East End. They raised seven children. I'm the youngest of seven. I was born, raised, and still live in the East End. It was my opportunity to give back to my community, so therefore I ran 10 years ago as a city council member. I do represent District I, which covers downtown, Edo, most of the East End, the Hobby Airport area, along the Port of Houston, and some of Northeast Houston. I'm proud of what we've been able to accomplish on City Council these past 10 years with a beautiful botanic garden in District I, uh, a refurbished Gus Wortham golf course, uh, and it didn't cost the city $1. It was public-private partnerships that we worked out, and we're proud to have those two entities in District I. As a council member, I've been serving for the last 10 years. I've worked with two mayors, Mayor Parker and Mayor Turner. Uh, I'm also the chair of Quality of Life, uh, vice chair of Economic Development, and former chair of Regulation and Neighborhood Affairs. So if you can tell, my passion is the neighborhoods, improving our communities. Uh, as, a city count, as the next mayor for the city of Houston, I will be focusing on putting more police officers on our city streets, uh, infrastructure improvement. It was just noted that we've, we've lost 30 billion, dollar, um, 30 billion gallons of water 
uh, this past year in the city of Houston because of our infrastructure. Uh, I also want to right-size solid waste. Just recently we approved a, uh, a, um, a budget for $103 million from $96 million last year. Uh, but they need to be at $130 million. I know that uh, many residents are upset when their trash doesn't get picked up on time. So again, I'm Robert Gallegos. Vote RobertGallegos.com. Next up, Gil Garcia. Gil, okay. we're asking everybody to sit down. Oh, shucks. Okay. That's going to be very hard for me, but I'll do my best. I know. I have to, I have to cover the ground. I, I got it. Sorry, team. Uh, I'm much better when I move. But my name is Gilbert Garcia. I'm a native of Corpus Christi, Texas. I'm a product of public schools. My first big break was I went to Yale University, which really changed my life. My second big break is I worked on Wall Street at Solomon Brothers, and that really opened me up to the career that I'm in now. After about five years on Wall Street, I returned to Texas here at Houston in 1990. I've been involved with my kids, primarily because my father really wasn't there for us. He worked very hard. And so I have coached 40 seasons of youth soccer. I have been the voice, the voice of GHCA track and field. I've been the voice at all the track meets for all the Catholic uh, track and field events. I've been both the cult. I have been involved with numerous charities, whether it's the Children's Museum, whether it's Race for the Cure, you name it, I've probably done it. Uh, if you look at my qualifications, well, I have been an investment person my entire life. I've served on two public pension boards, one in the city of Houston, one in the city of Dallas. I was chairman of Metro, of course, under Anise Parker. Thank you, Anise Parker, for the opportunity of a lifetime. When we arrived, things were very challenging. And what did we do? We didn't, uh, you know, panic. We rolled up our sleeves. We settled all the lawsuits. We cleaned up all the challenges. We uh, got the full funding grant agreement. Thank you, Congresswoman Lee. We built rail from then on time and under budget. We brought transparency to the agency. We paid down all of our debt. We redid the bus system for the first time in 100 years, and we built the light rail on time and under budget. I am the CEO of a money management firm. When I arrived, we were $200 million. We're now $21 billion. We're the premier bond firm in the state of Texas, and we are proof positive. 75% of our team are women. 70% are black and Hispanic. So we are the real deal. We are roughly 90% owned by women and people of color, and I have a lot more to say at my closing, but I want to shake up City Hall. Thank you. All right, let's get right to it. These are vetted questions. These are the questions from the members of the GH, uh, WCC. Oh, I'm so sorry. Not saving the, I got too excited. That's MJ okay, Khan you're not the only has one. two minutes too. Pardon me. You're not the only one. The special interest is ignoring me also. <laughs> My name is MJ Khan. And I'm your candidate for the mayor. And uh, I appreciate Greater Houston Women Chamber of Commerce. I we applauded you, all of you in the path. But I also want to appreciate and recognize the people who are working behind the scenes. All these people who prepared these food, these waiters who are serving, you are as important to me as anybody you're serving today. I know the struggles you go through because I was there. I, when I came to this country, I had nothing, but I played by the rules, work hard, and if I can be the mayor of Houston, you can be the mayor of Houston, and your children can be the president of the United States. Don't ever forget that. Don't let special interests do things to push you down. Be proud of what you are. I have MBA degree from Rice. I'm a businessman like you all, and I serve the city council. I ran large corporations and I ran non-profit corporations, so I bring the whole package. My 
package is different from legislative uh, experience. I don't have legislative experience, but that's not what you need. You all hire people every day as business, business people, right? You hire people based on qualifications, not who is the favorite of special interest and pay-to-play contractors who are sucking your dollars like leeches or who can chase the camera and make the longest speeches. You need to make sure that you decide based on qualification. And if you do that, you will know that MJ Khan is the best candidate for the mayor. This city is going in the wrong direction. I will turn this city around 180 degrees. We will do away with all the cronyism going on, all the problems you're facing, wastage of tax dollars, all that needs to be done if you have a businessman running the city <laughs> rather than people who are favorite of special interests. Thank you. And thank you, Councilmember M.J. Khan, as an immigrant to immigrant. My apologies. Okay, take two. So these are questions from and by our GHWCC members vetted. So I am, this is going to be a random ask, and we'll just make sure that the answers, that each of you get an answer that's equitable. So you may not answer every question, but here we go. Economic development, some of you spoke about this in your opening speech. Texas continues to be recognized as the best state for women entrepreneurs. We have the highest number of women-owned businesses in the country at a whopping 1.4 million, but we're still lagging in the percentage of procurement opportunities and access to capital. So we know, I think Congresswoman uh, Sheila Jackson Lee pointed it out, that only 30% of city contracting awards have been issued over the last three years. So I ask you, panel, what do you plan to do to increase the number of awards to women-owned businesses, this is the audience we're talking to, both at the prime and subcontracting levels? I'm going to start with Congresswoman Sheila Jackson-Lee since she brought it up. Well, thank you so very much. First of all, I would start with organizations like the Chamber uh, who are experts in outreach and identifying women who are both qualified, competent, and ready. There is a women's commission. Thank you, Councilmember Kamen. Uh, I would look forward to ensuring that that commission had a special particular uh, focus on the procurement. Then, of course, the mayor is the one who appoints the directors of each of the departments. I look forward to assessing those departments and making them both transparent and working at the top of their game. They will be proficient and efficient, and in doing so, they will outreach to the vast diversity of this city. This is a city of diversity, equity, and equality. The mayor's office will ensure that that is a very special part of their work. In addition, I will have someone in my cabinet, we call it that in Washington, uh, that will focus on women's issues. Rap. It is not only the women of this room, but Rap. it's women all over the city. They will have a voice. Thank you. Uh, Councilmember Gallegos, as a sitting uh, member of City Council, uh, you heard that we do have a women's commission. I'm on the humbly serving as a uh, member of the women's commission, uh, so I, I'm very well of, uh, I am very knowledgeable of the issues. But if you are elected mayor, what issues do you feel need to be prioritized uh, from the women's commission as, as, as mayor? Uh, as the next mayor, what I will do is work with our Office of Business Opportunities uh, to make sure that uh, the contractors as well as the prime, uh, that they are open uh, and, and they're equitable uh, for minorities as well as uh, women. 
uh, the last 10 years on city council, that has been an issue there at the Horseshoe in regards to uh, that it doesn't seem like there's a fair playing field. Uh, so therefore, as the next mayor, that is something I will be working with, with the Office of Business Opportunities to make sure that it is a, a fair playing field uh, for more minority contractors where they can actually become prime uh, in, in our contracts in the city of Houston and, of course, for the uh, women as well. All right. Uh, Gil, do you want to respond? If I could, uh, our firm is a certified MWBE firm, so I understand exactly what the frustration is. I think you have to set a very strong tone at the top. And for me, it would begin by looking at the entire city procurement process. Because if you look at the most recent airport procurement, there's something wrong when it's done four times. And I'm not making any accusations about anything, but we should all look at that to say there's clearly something wrong because that's not normal. And that's what I would do. I'd set a very strong tone at the top, and I'd redo the entire or review the entire procurement process. Senator Whitmire? Obviously, it starts at the top. You make it a priority. As a father of two daughters, I understand the challenges that they have had in their life. We would work with the chamber. We would reach out to our community, make sure that it's very inclusive and diverse. But you just have to run the city like you would a business. You have to be a no-nonsense, experienced mayor that just says, we're going to get it done. Uh, I applaud the commission, but ladies and gentlemen, that's an issue that, quite frankly, does not need to be studied a lot. We know what the empirical data looks like. Time. We need to bring everyone together. Time. Okay, what specific strategies do you propose to address this lengthy permitting process? Reduce wait times, we've talked about it. Improve com uh, communications. Responsiveness from the permitting office for both commercial and residential construction props projects. Uh, I, I address Lee at this point. How will you ensure that the Houston's growth is not stifled by the bureau bureaucracies, those hurdles, while still maintaining those necessary regulations for safe and sustainable development? As part of investigating whether to run, I did a deep dive into the city. Has anybody ever figured out who the head of permitting is in Houston? I looked. <laughs> you can't find it on the website. I had to ask my treasurer, Gilbert Herrera, who works with the city some, he found an old PowerPoint that has a name. That person may or may not be the head of permitting. I've talked to nonprofits who definitely need permits for affordable housing, and the head of Agape told me they got con contradictory information just to build their 1,800 square foot headquarters about the electrical. So they ripped it out after the first inspector said no. They put it back in. And the second inspector said, no, you did it wrong. They cited the first inspector. He said, too bad, I still won't approve it. That kind of stuff it requires labor-intensive work by a mayor who makes it clear that this is something that has to happen. I've literally had contractors say they hate dealing with the county, Time. but they won't deal with the city, and that's why. Uh, Councilmember Kahn, do you have a response to permitting issues? Look, I told you the city is in the wrong direction. One of the reasons city is going in the wrong direction is because of this bloated bureaucracy, okay, a special interest influence, and the mismanagement of the city government. City permitting department is a classic example of why city is not working for you. What Lee Kaplan just mentioned, I have people telling me, Look, the state of Texas is attracting a lot of people from all over the country. Time. Why they are not coming to Houston? Because Houston is not business friendly. Time. Like Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. I'd like to answer the Go permitting ahead. question. Please. I, I have um, spent my time visiting with developers, contractors, 
engineers, and I have taken a very direct approach. Uh, it is interesting uh, that we all can lose, use language when I become mayor. We will meet with the architects, the developers, the engineers, and others. We will put that system under a database system. I will not tolerate a six-month wait. By the time I get through, we'll be building. We'll be assured that people will be welcomed in the city because they will have an expedited, efficient, and proficient, well-led permitting department. It's not rocket science. You just have to be optimistic about the people in this city. I'm optimistic about those employees. What we need to do is be able to lead them, and I will be a mayor that leads and get the job done. You'll have a good permitting department. Okay, Gil is chomping at the bit I am, to I respond. Uh, first of all, uh, six months is fast, Congresswoman. Uh, it's, it's almost a year to get a permit. I think there needs to be a whole sea change on the way you view permitting, and, and that's what I would do as mayor. Permitting needs to be thought of as a revenue generator in the city. That needs to be an area that's viewed as how can, number one, we get development on the tax rolls so we can get more revenue, and number two, how do we get more affordable housing? So there needs to be a whole, just a new change in thought from the top down. I know we want to, we want to move on to the questions because we're, we're getting short on time. I want to talk about flooding, and, and everybody will get a fair chance. Uh, I'm going to send this to, to uh, Senator Whitmire on flooding. Specific measures do you propose to mitigate the impact of ongoing flooding? We've all been affected. How do you plan as mayor to address the issue of aging infrastructure that contributes to Houston's susceptibility to floods? You're not going to solve a problem in government unless you admit you have a problem. The east side water plant, everyone at City Hall knows it's very fragile. Getting to drainage, we probably haven't had a meaningful drainage program since Bob Lanier. Probably a third of our drainage system in your neighborhood is cluttered with litter and clippings. So we have to, one, make that a priority. We definitely need to restore our relationship with Austin. Our relationship between the city of Houston and our county in Austin is completely broken. We need to reach out, ask for state resources, the Land Commission office. Ladies and gentlemen, together, working across the aisle, we can get things done for Houston. We're losing out on millions of dollars that we could address with flood control. We need to look at the reservoirs on the west side and make sure never again that Houstonians wake up at 2 in the morning because the water's being released. You have to make flooding. The Meyerland area, I could go across Houston. The lack of maintenance Time. is one of our major concerns. Councilmember Gallegos, your response to flooding? Yes, as next mayor, what I will do is continue our SWAT program, the Stormwater Management Team program, which has been very successful in regards to this year, the mayor approved another million dollars for the 11 district council members. Uh, so we're able to actually have uh, work with uh, former council member Costello, uh, who is in charge of that program. And they actually go out and clean out these drainage ditches uh, that have been overgrown. They have shopping carts in them, uh, tires and what have you. So they go to the district council members. They ask us what streams or, or, or uh, uh, little small canals that they're wanting us to go out and clean up. And we actually let the SWAT team know what we would like them to work on, uh, which has been very successful. So as the next mayor, I will continue that program. Thank you, Councilmember Gallegos. Uh, Councilmember Khan, do you have any response to flooding? Yes, absolutely. Uh, flooding is a major issue. Uh, street uh, infrastructure is crumbling, as you all know that. My plan is right now in our dedicated uh, uh, sewer, uh, drainage and street repair fund, we are in, is spending about $220 million a year. We will never catch up. What I will do is reach out to the voters use that same dedicated fund of $220 million 
issue a bond which will yield over $2.5 billion based on today's interest rate and take care of this infrastructure problem for good. As business people, we always look for options, options A, option B, option C. That's what I will do. Yes, I will reach out to our journal land office and work with them, not calling names, work with them to give the fair share to Houston based on the merits of our argument and merits of our projects. That's how you get things done, not by calling names and not by being in confrontation with Hi. other people you have to deal with. I'm going to get to you, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson-Lee. Uh, Lee, you had something to say? Use the drainage fee the way it was pitched. That's all you have, not all you have to do, but it was pitched as a drainage fee to really repair our infrastructure, which meant the lines underneath and the streets, in a matter of course, instead we're fixing potholes with it. That's been convenient, perhaps for the current administration, but it's not right. So that's the first thing. Second, it's a fantasy to think the state's going to give us a lot more money. I've been told we're going to get extra Harvey money. The land commissioner has said she's already okay with the current metrics. That $400 million isn't coming back. We've got to solve the problem, and it involves using the drainage fee the way we promised. Thank you. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson-Lee, do you want to say something? We have to face the fact that we live in a nation with layered government, I brought in $1.3 billion dealing with flooding. All of the bios have been impacted by the federal dollars that I brought in, starting with Greensboro, where we lost lives in Hurricane Harvey. And so in actuality, you work with the Army Corps of Engineers, the Harris County Flood District, and yes, you use the drainage fees. My administration will be transparent, but working with the federal government and the additional continued infrastructure dollars, which will last into FY25, billions still that we in this city can get, we'll be able to have a plan that will be able to be activated immediately. The Army Corps and engineers, I've worked with them extensively. I passed legislation for them to study our systems of bayous to find out how they work. More of our community want green belts, detention ponds that can be put in place more expeditiously. We'll have a focus on flooding. It will be my pride and joy to be able to stand up and say that we've stemmed the tide of flooding in this community and draw more of our neighbors in more people back Hi. in from the suburbs Hi. living in the city. We will attack flooding. Okay, we're gonna turn it to public safety and crime. We heard a report on the news recently that a convicted murderer was let out on bond to get a haircut. We keep on hearing these stories of those getting out and criminalizing and persecuting victims. So what measures, if elected mayor, would you prioritize to enhance public safety, reduce crime in Houston, and how will you improve collaboration and communication between law enforcement agencies and the communities they serve? I'm going to go straight to Senator Whitmire. You have to make it our highest priority. You have to lock up people that you're afraid of, not those that you're mad at. Today, there are 1,900 people in our county waiting to go to trial for murder or capital murder. 1,900. 900 of them are on the streets of Houston either out on bond or they're fugitives and we don't know where they are. That's the repeat violent offender. We've got to hold violent offenders accountable. Those that we're mad at, like the sex workers on Bissonette, they need to be put in treatment. They need to get away from their abusers, not use police resources for folks that just need to get away from their traffickers. You have to add to your resources. We have less police officers than we had 25 years ago. You must have collaboration. I work with the police on a daily basis. We can bring the 85-plus Harris County 
law enforcement agencies together, have a surge, cover up the hot spots, address the hot spots, and just take and do and address the gun, over gun. Let me just Time. say we Time. I've got so much I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Gil, I'm going to turn it to you. I know you have a lot to say about this. Senator, I know how you feel because I want to stand, but, but, I, <laughs> but I'm containing to. myself, so I understand. Uh, well, a couple of things. First, I have my pledge for Houston. I'm the only one that's really put it out there. It's all out there. I put it up in March. Some of the things my colleagues are saying, I'm glad that they've read my pledge. Uh, but, well, I appreciate it. But continuing, uh, as it relates to the policing, if you look at the firefighter model, what's the fastest way to get to a fire? They have fire stations dispersed throughout the community. I would bring back more community policing. I think that's the fastest way to get to crime. I also would look to focus at better lighting because in the high crime areas, there's typically bad and poor lighting. And I also would look to add more civilian workers, civilian workers to take over some of the civilian jobs so our law enforcement can do more law enforcement jobs. If you look at my pledge at GarciaForHouston.com, you'll see spend the drainage money on drainage. And again, I'd get on a plane to Austin immediately. All right, thank you. Senator, I'm sorry, uh, Councilmember Gallegos, so many elected leaders here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, thank you. Uh, as, as a council member for the last 10 years, I was able to have a, uh, a law enforcement summit in downtown Houston that I represent. Uh, we had Metro, we had HPD, uh, we had the Sheriff's Department, uh, we had the uh, Constable Rosen's office, uh, and we were trying to figure out how to uh, do, do better in regards to be smarter, uh, in regards to our limited resources. Of course, I was a district council member, but as the next mayor, I will make sure that we follow through and we get that taken care of. Uh, it, it, uh, I know the city council, we ended up voting on a uh, processing center. It was a partnership between the county and the city of Houston. Uh, so that way when the uh, inmates are, are processed and what have you. So we need, to be ha we need to be smarter with the limited resources we have within our city and the county. Uh, so that way we can make sure that we do provide the services that are needed for all residents in the city of Houston. We have 5,400 officers in the city of Houston and that's divided amongst three shifts. Uh, so, of course, we need more officers on the street, and as the next mayor, that's what I will be working on. Uh, Councilmember N.J. Khan? Well, uh, first, number one, I will have a police chief who is tough on crime. I will add 500 more police officers just in first year, adding the budget by $100 million without raising your taxes, like some other candidates are asking to lift the revenue cap for public safety. I don't believe that citizens of Houston are ready to give a single dime more in taxes. So I will not raise your taxes. Number three, I will make sure that our crime lab works well, because why, they, why there are two crime labs, I don't understand. So there is a problem with our crime lab. I will ask the police chief to enforce all the traffic laws so our streets are safe. And more importantly, I will not call daddies in Austin to send DPS to Houston. We are can-do city. We are Houstonian. We can take care of our problems ourselves. We need to respect our police officers to do their job. And yes, there is also a problem where these judges are letting these criminals out, and they are shooting our sheriff deputy. So we need to call on these judges why they are not doing the job they are supposed to do. We are going to call, work with the DA's Nine. office to make sure that all the criminals Nine. are prosecuted. Lee, would you like to respond? Yeah, we have half as many police officers per capita as Chicago and New York. We are not twice as law-abiding. We're just not. So, <laughs> second, most of the things people are talking about are county issues. The county pays the judges. The DA is a county employee. 
The bail issue is a county issue because we have an inadequate jail. The judges don't want to jail a lot of people because they know it costs more money to send people overseas. Or, I'm not overseas, other states, although I guess to some of them that's similar. The truth is that we need more officers. And there was a recommendation in a study our current mayor commissioned in 77, 78, that recommended civilianizing more of the police force so we could free up more officers to be on the street. There's other recommendations that we have a single HR department, not 22 HR departments in the city, so that if somebody could do one job in the police department and had, by the way, applied for some other job in another Time. department, they could move there. Finally, I'm going to give the Florida uh, Congresswoman Lee, I'm going to give everybody a chance to respond to this issue. Well, first of all, we need to work with our police. And I want to thank them and applaud them for the work that they're doing. This is a tough job. It is an epidemic of crime across America. It really is. So I work with Chief Fenner. I work with our police department. I will work directly to expand our cadet classes. But I'll also speak to the issues they've spoken to me about. Domestic violence calls are some of the most dangerous calls that these police officers have to contend with. We will have a focus on domestic violence. We'll work with the Houston Area Women's Center. We'll have more trained officers. In addition, we'll have a special area and provision to deal with the victims of crime. We want to lower those victims' numbers, but we want to make sure that they have someone to guide them through. Violent criminals off the street. Yes, I'm going to say the utilization of federal dollars because they are available from the Department of Justice against gun trafficking, against gun violence, violence intervention. I know best how to use the government and the state. We will work with all of those and work with the sheriff, constables, uh, the uh, FBI, and federal agencies, as we did to catch Time. the criminal who shot Deputy Anderson. Time. We can utilize a collective number of police and make it work. Finally, we want to talk on the issue of the pension. The firefighters union and the city administration have been at odds for years over overpay, pensions, and other major issues. As mayor, what will you do to improve the working relationship with our first responders while recognizing the serious financial situation our city faces? Gil, I'll start with you. Sure. First, I have served on the pension board. You know, we can't look backwards, but I would not have, uh, well, I think that the so-called reform was not much reform at all. I would have never touched the firefighters' pension fund because it happens to be the one that's best funded and it happens to be the one that with the best governance and the most transparency. So where we are today, though, is where we are. Uh, my view is I would uh, immediately go into arbitration with the firefighters because as mayor, my job would be to implement the will of the voters, period. I'm not here to question the voters. I'm not here to be a dictator of the voters, but to really implement the will of the voters. And I really appreciate the senator putting forward the bill and making it law to do such. And I would do that immediately. Okay. Councilmember Gallegos. For, for the last 10 years, when uh, it would come up to council in regards to pay raises for our employees, I have always voted yes. Uh, I know that uh, just recently, uh, within this past year, uh, there have been three pay raises uh, for the fire department, for the police department, and our municipal employees. Uh, they are doing an outstanding job, all three uh, divisions of our city, uh, in regards to representing and working for our, our all, all Houstonians. Uh, so as the next mayor, my office will always be open uh, for the fire department union, for the police department union, as well as our municipal union, uh, to come in uh, to, to air out any gr grievances that they may have uh, to see if we can take care of them. Uh, before, you know, it goes into arbitration. All right. 
Thank you. Senator Whitmire. Public safety definitely includes our fire department. I've been their voice in Austin my entire career. I'm proud that the three working organizations, HOPE, the Municipal Employees, Fire and Police, actually were individuals, Houstonians, that asked me to come back and work closer to the issue. I passed legislation this spring requiring the city to sit down and go to mandatory arbitration. We cannot have our major first responders as adversaries to City Hall. It's just nuts. So they will be my highest priority. They're going to be part of that public safety uh, challenge that we'll face, but we'll go to the public. We need to be very transparent. Let the public know the shortage of firemen in law enforcement. I know Houstonians will respond, and I'll be the main person being very transparent about what the circumstances are that we're facing today. Okay. Congresswoman Lee. Well, first of all, let me again thank all of our public servants and our firefighters, our EMS. Uh, they are really an anchor for this community. And thank Chief Pena for his leadership as well. I've worked with firefighters uh, throughout my career. I'm a member of the Fire Caucus in the United States Congress, but I work with them as a member of the Houston City Council under Anise Parker, uh, excuse me, under Kathy Whitmire and uh, Bob Lanier. And so I will as well be transparent on the arbitration. Um, you should understand that we have a budget that goes until 2024 that's already done, but we have more of a fund balance than we've ever had. And so in the 2025 budget, we'll have the opportunity to be responsive to whatever the citizens want us to do. And we will respond to firefighters, police, and city workers. And then in 2026, we will have a tough look at how we make this a livable budget, a budget for the people, but we'll be able to do our job between 2024 as mayor and 2025. I plan on making sure that our employees know that they are applauded, affirmed, and we work together to do the job. Councilmember Khan. Well, as businessmen and women, we negotiate on a daily basis with, with a lot of people, with our clients, with our adversaries also. First of all, you have to negotiate in good faith. The problem with this administration ever had that firefighters never believe that they are being dealing in good faith. So that's number one problem. Second thing what I will do is I will sit down with them and let the merits of the facts and figure do the convincing. Another thing is I think I, we have to look at why do we all have uh, our fire and pension plan for firefighter and municipal employee on a defined benefit basis. We should explore the defined contribution basis. In our private sector, we all have uh, defined uh, contribution uh, pension plan. I think that's what, uh, for at least for the new employees we are hiring, we should go into that direction. So over the years, this problem is not a problem like it is today. And Lee, I'm going to give you the final word on this. Well, as a trial lawyer, I've learned you can holler at people all day long, but you still can't hang up on some of my biggest supporters are lawyers who I've been most adverse to because they knew I was going to talk to them. I think the current administration can be faulted for not talking with the firefighters. And so the legislature took over. Now, arbitrations get settled in advance, too. And as prickly as I hear Marty is, and I know he's out there, I would still talk with him. You don't get anywhere by just crossing your arms and saying you won't talk to people. It doesn't get you anywhere. If we have to go to an arbitration, we will. If it busts a hole in the budget, well, that's what we've signed up for. But I think the most important thing is to talk to people and see if you can give them an idea of your concerns and be willing to hear their concerns. That's point number one. Number two is 
that prior mayors worked hard with various unions Lee, time's and came to up. agreements. Can I say something about pension fund? Gil, 30 seconds. Real quick. Um, the next mayor is going to have to deal with the municipal pension fund. There's just no doubt in my mind. Uh, and it's the one that has the least funded status. Many of those assets are not marked to market because there are alternatives. Uh, and it's also got some of the worst or poorest governance and transparency. And so that's the one I think that's going to be on the front end of no matter who's mayor. All right, thank you. We want to give a round of applause to the candidates. They'll have two minutes for their opening or their closing remarks. All right, we're going to go back to the order for closing remarks. We're going to start with MJ Khan. Well, thank you. Uh, look, we all have to make a choice, and this choice will be a critical choice for coming years. You have to, we have to base on the qualifications. You know, if somebody has played checkers or chess all their lives and you put them as a quarterback of Houston Texans, not only they will fail, the team will fail. So that's the choice you have to make. You have to pick people based on what their experience is, whether they have run businesses instead of talking about businesses, whether they have worked with the other groups, whether they have led and shows uh, the, the, uh, the qualification of, of the, for the job. One of the proudest moments I will tell you, when I was the president of the Islamic Society of Greater Houston, I had the first time ever a woman start serving on the board. That was a tough grass ceiling to crack, but we did it. Why? Because I believe that everybody should have the same opportunities like anybody else. I, my history is to treat people with respect and make sure that the city of Houston respond to you and serve you for what our core services are. We need to be laser focused on our core services, get the city moving in the right direction. We don't want to be the Detroit of the South, and that's where we are heading. So if you give me this opportunity, you will know that I will run the city with the highest ethical standards. Two groups of people will suffer the most. The, bureau, the bloated bureaucracy, time. I will put them on crash diet, no, time. and time. the special interest. Thank you. Are there 30 no, no, we, oh. we gave you extra time. Okay. Gil, sorry, <laughs> our clock's going. Gil, you're up. Okay, great. Um, again, my name is Gilbert Garcia, and I want to be your mayor. And the main thing is, I love this city. This city's been good to me. It's been good to my family. And so this is our way to get the skill set and utilize our skill sets and to get back to the city. If you look at the city, the housing director called it a culture of corruption. I don't know if it is or isn't, but at the end of the day, when the authorities go in to investigate the housing department or raid it, when the authorities go into the health department and raid it, at the end of the day, there's something wrong. And you combine it with all the other items, whether it's real or unreal, at the end of the day, we've got to look at it. I want to audit all those departments that the authorities have looked at. I'm not looking to spend a bunch of money auditing. I'd ask the city controller or the inspector general. But at the end of the day, the citizens have to have confidence that if there's something there, it's rooted out and it's over, and that their public dollars are being spent appropriately and wisely. My whole goal, if mayor, if I were elected mayor, is to make Houston not just a great state city, not just San Antonio or Dallas, but to be really in the same breath as the great cities of the world whether it's New York, whether it's London, whether it's Paris, whether it's Madrid, whether it's Tokyo, Houston should be in the same breath as the great cities of the world. And we have the opportunity because we're going to be on the stage with the convention and with the soccer, and that's what I want to do. And I hope those of you who have not decided, please read my pledge. 
It's on www.garciaforhouston.com. Those who have decided, please read my pledge. You might be surprised. Thank you. I'm Gilbert Garcia. I want to be mayor. Okay, Councilmember Gallegos. Well, first of all, on my closing remarks, let me start off by thanking uh, Mayor uh, Parker. It was a pleasure working with you at, while you were mayor in the city of Houston. And for my colleagues that are here on city council, it's a pleasure working with you on city council. Uh, as your next mayor, what I will be focusing on once again uh, is in regards to the crime that we do have in our city and, and do the fact that, that we do have uh, One Safe Houston, which has been working out, uh, but unfortunately that's being paid by ARPA funding, which is going to be running out. Uh, so we're going to have to figure out how to continue that program. Uh, we have One Clean Houston as well. Uh, there was a story that uh, there was illegal dumping in many of our communities of, of color. Uh, so the mayor started One, One Clean Houston, but again, that's ARPA funding and that will be running out. Uh, so as the next mayor, what I want to make sure that we do uh, is provide more officers on the street. That means bringing officers that are on, uh, in the offices to actually come out and start patrolling. Uh, we have 5,400 officers covering over 645 square miles, and that's divided amongst three shifts. So that's even less officers. Yet Chicago has 13,000 officers, and their geographic area is a lot smaller than the city of Houston. Uh, so as the next mayor, that's what I want to be focusing on. I want to focus on solid waste. I know that uh, solid waste, as a count district council member, uh, we get residents that call uh, because their trash pickup didn't get picked up on that Tuesday like it was supposed to get picked up. Uh, so therefore, we have, they, you have constituents that get very upset. Uh, so we need to make sure that we do right-size the solid waste department, and that's what I will be focused on, on as well as uh, the next mayor for the city of Houston. So thank you. Thank you. Lee Kaplan. Well, I always believe in ending the way you start. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. I have tried as hard as I can to do things right. As a student, as an Eagle Scout, as a husband and father, as a lawyer, both a large firm and a small firm, where you listen to people, you make decisions, you act as a leader, speeches are cheap, governing is harder than campaigning. And it takes intellectual curiosity and a strong work ethic to do a good job. I've also learned you have to focus on the most important things, which to me are crime, picking up the trash, doing a good job of permitting so we can have housing and have people in the city, including young people, and finally, drainage and infrastructure. Every time we don't tell somebody the truth, we suffer for it. If we make this a city where people like living here, the word will get out. That's a lot more efficient than other approaches to try to attract people to Houston. I don't think we can rely on the legislature to suddenly give us more money. I think we have to realize that the federal money will run out to the extent that other elected officials can get more money for us. We need it. But we have to have a city where people believe the mayor is aware of the problems, is addressing them, and is making progress. If you promise to fix something, you're not being truthful. We can't fix our problems. We can beaver away at them, address them, make them better. Whether it's drainage or crime or permitting or anything else, just improving things will make people feel the mayor is paying attention. That's an executive position. It requires a lot more than speeches. It requires getting into the weeds, hiring the right people. You're hiring department heads, and they have to be good. That's what I'll do. Thank you. Congresswoman Lee. 
Well, first of all, let me again thank the chamber for their graciousness for this opportunity. I'd be remiss if I did not also give my sympathy to Lisa uh, Holland Nelson Bowman in the loss of her husband. I intend to lead this city with optimism and empowerment. The chamber empowers and advances women. My office will be open and transparent to the entire city. Women will be active participants in this city, along with our very strong families and community. I do not have to denounce, destroy, or eliminate to show my power of leadership. As a member of the United States Congress, I'm in leadership as a chief deputy whip. I graduated from Yale, the University of Virginia Law School, and I practice one of the major law firms and as well one of the major energy companies. I know energy law, but I know renewable. I will be a good and better and best chief executive. I'll lead this city around several issues. Public safety, I'll be an optimist, not a pessimist. We will get our hands around crime by expanding our cadet classes. I'll be an education mayor. There are so many nonprofits around. I remember on Hurricane Harvey, when we were at George R. Brown Convention Center, as I was there for a long time, there were outside groups that helped us with education. I brought in $900 million for Metro. I want to see it grow. I want the airports to be the very best that they can so we can be an international city and a destination city. And then reproductive rights of women will be something that will be known in this community that we protect, as well as the issue of domestic violence. We are not afraid. And we will lead with the idea of not being afraid, but also being optimistic. We have a strong energy sector, but we can do well with a strong renewable energy sector. Do you realize that we just received $3.3 billion in broadband dollars here in Texas? Do you even know that? The city has the ability to use it with all of you and our extensive neighborhoods. This is a city of neighborhoods. Elect me as mayor. Let me take you into the future. Fine. I love this city. There's nothing you can do about it, and I'm excited about this campaign. Thank you all very much. Senator Whitnar, you have the last word. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been a public servant my entire adult life. At 22 years of age, when all of my friends were going to the ball games and fraternity events, I was running for office because I wanted to make a difference. Ten years in the House, went to the Senate in 83, 40 years in the Senate, fixing problems. I've worked with nine mayors. I've seen the best practices. I grew up in this community, and I know the opportunity that Houston offers if we take care of city services. We must unite. I want each one of you to leave here fired up to do your part to unite this city to bring about the city services that we so badly need. I know for a fact, if we work across the aisle and leave the politics out in the hall, it's amazing what we can get done. I've done it. I've been a uniter the entire time I was in public service, and I'll do it as a mayor of Houston. Thank you all for your participation. You still have a minute. <laughs> well, I could sure talk about some things. <laughs> you got a minute. No, what we've got to do is quit talking. We need action. And let me just tell you, I was asked to come back home. It was one of the toughest decisions I had to make. I'm the senior senator. I get things done. I passed the fireman's arbitration bill this spring, created an entertainment district for downtown Houston. Three miles in every direction from George Brown, we're going to receive the state sales tax. We're going to enlarge George Brown, build another hotel, hire thousands of people. I know how to get things done, and that's what I offer the city of Houston. Thank you so much. There you have it, our formidable candidates for mayor. Give them a round of applause. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again next Thursday at 6 p.m. 
For more information about the Chamber and our podcast, please visit us at ghwcc.org.